0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Clippers Confidential, the Clippers podcast for Clutch Points. I am your host, Tomer Azarli, your Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. Uh, checking in with you here, uh, mid-January. We just passed the halfway point of the season. Um, you know, the, the Clippers are entering um, the, kind of the second half, 21 and 23, entering January 17th. Uh, they have a 21 and 23 record. They just finished up a nice little. Uh, two, two to three game. What was it? Two game road trip um, in New Orleans and or San Antonio. Uh, they have a home game on Monday, January seventeenth. Before they embark on an eight game, fourteen day road trip. Uh, before, before we jump into that, I uh, just want to let you guys know this is a solo pod, so I will be trying this out on my own uh, this time around, just to give you guys. Um, you know just kind of try this out to see how it goes, so I hope you guys bear with me as we go through it. Um, I want to start with uh, the last couple games for the Clippers uh, in the last week. So they defeated the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday, January 11th, 87 uh, 85. That was a game that although it started with a win, um, you know it finished with a win, started off as one of the uh, I don't even know how to describe it one of the one of the most deflating halves of basketball I've ever seen. The Clippers scored 28 points in the first 24 minutes of basketball. It was, uh, you know, I had to get a coffee at halftime because I was starting to doze off. It was that bad. Um, The Clippers scored only 28 points. They were down 41 to 28 at half. They held Denver to only 41 points. Uh, It looked like they had a chance if they could figure out some offensive, uh, you know, things. And then, you know, they started out the second half a little rough. They went down by as many as 25 points. That's when head coach Ty Lue made the change. Got a couple guys in like Eric Bledsoe, uh, Terrence May got in there. They really helped spark a comeback for the Clippers. Um, got them within, I believe it was ten entering the fourth quarter. They got out to a six or six-zero run to start the fourth off a couple steals and Amir Coffey layups, and then Reggie Jackson into the game finished the game off. Finished with I believe eleven points in the fourth quarter uh, was clutch for them, and and leading them to a win over the Denver Nuggets, who are right with you know. Not not that far away in the standings. Um, entering entering Monday, the Clippers will be about two games. Yeah, they're two games back of the Nuggets for the sixth seed. So um, they're not they're not exactly there, but they're not super far away. So something to monitor as well. Um, after that game, you know, Nico Batum, Reggie Jackson, they all preached um, playing together, moving the ball side to side. You know, just not being super selfish not selfish in, in the traditional term, but, um, you know, selfish in the sense that everyone, there's, there's guys on this team who can go get buckets, and I think that they're, you know, they know that, but I think they play better. They clearly play better when they play team basketball, and I think that's when they're at their best. Uh, so that's kind of where the focus of postgame was from Nick Batum, Tyloo, and Reggie Jackson. Uh, the Clippers then left L.A. to go play a two-game road trip in New Orleans on Thursday, and then uh, a Saturday night game against San Antonio, the New Orleans game uh, felt like one of those that the Clippers probably would not get, at least to me. Uh, coming into that game, the Clippers had lost four consecutive games to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they lost by an average of 17.5 points, so it's not like the games were close at all. Um, and then a January 13th game in New Orleans was no different. Uh, the Clippers dropped that game 113-89. It was, uh, it was a shellacking. It was a shellacking. The Clippers really weren't... Um, went in there uh, for much, for very long. I think they were down 20 within the first quarter. And so you kind of just look at that and and it's one of those games that uh, for whatever reason, the Pelicans kind of just have the Clippers number uh, at the moment that, like I said, they've lost five in a row to them. Now they've lost by an average of 18 points in their last five games. Um, You know, this dates back to two games last season. So they've lost all three this year and two last year. So, um, a bit of a struggle there for whatever reason, but, uh, you know, Ty Lewis said it's really just the Pelicans' speed and, and, and physicality that they play with. Um, they do like to get out in transition. You know, guys like Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Devontae Graham, uh, they like to get on transition. And then you have guys like Jonas Valanciunas who, you know, they're not super flashy, but those are the guys who will make the big plays for you inside. You're having offensive rebounds, uh, hitting hitting that key three-pointer. Uh, when the defense collapses. So uh the Pelicans have been a struggle. They continue to be a struggle. Luckily the Clippers only have to see them uh one more time uh this season, but it won't be until uh it won't be until April third back home in Los Angeles. So maybe things change by then. Maybe they get Paul George and slash or Kawhi Leonard back by then. We'll see. We don't really know about that yet. Um but we won't have to see the Pelicans for a while, so that's good. Um the Clippers, after f- falling to the Pelicans, then went to San Antonio, as I mentioned, to play the Spurs on Saturday night. Um, they 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 dropped that game 101 to 94. That game was was one they probably could have had. Uh, you know, they entered that game uh, tied in the season series 1-1. Um, the winner of this game obviously won the season series between them because they only played three times this year. So you know, the, it's not like they play four like the other teams. They only play three. And so San Antonio won the season series with this with this win, um, and they actually got within four games of the Clippers with the win. A win for the Clippers would have given them a five game lead and the tiebreaker in the standings. So definitely something the Clippers wanted, but they weren't able to get. Uh, that was a game where the starters really really struggled. They haven't been able to uh, play consistent basketball of late, but it really showed um, Saturday against the against the Spurs with Reggie Jackson and um, Marcus Morris specifically. uh, In in that game uh, against San Antonio, Reggie Jackson finished just 3 of 14 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3. Marcus Morris finished 6 of 17 shooting. Um, They really could not get anything going all game, and the Clippers needed the most. It essentially was a repeat kind of of the Denver game where uh, the Clippers went down, you know, I don't want to say big. They were down about 10 to 15 points to the Spurs, and the second unit led by, you know, Terrence Mann, Eric Bledsoe, uh, even Amir Coffey uh, kept them in at times. Uh, that second unit was able to get them back at the game. Oh, Sergio Baca, I should mention as well. Uh, Brandon Boston. That lineup kind of got them back into the game. Actually gave the Clippers a four point, a five-point lead in the fourth quarter of that Spurs game. They led 92-87. to uh, 87. Uh, And then, from you know, I think at about seven-minute mark is when they scored their last bucket before they kind of went on a dry spell. Uh, from the seven-minute mark on, they only scored two points, and that really just kind of you know, encapsulates just how much of an offensive struggle it was for the Clippers. They scored only 14 points in the fourth quarter of that game. So, um, again, you held the Spurs to 16, so it's not like that game was out of reach or impossible to win. It's just that they kind of just ran out of gas, or the starters specifically just didn't have enough gas. The bench was pretty exhausted after willing the team back into a lead. So, uh, And then you got guys like Derek White who – came into the game shooting just 29% from three. He went three of five from three, uh, You know, finished with 19 points off the bench. Uh, you know, the, the Spurs actually had seven guys in double figures led by uh, Derek White's 19 points. DeJounte Murray had an 18-point near triple-double. Devin Vassell finished with 10 points and 11 boards. So uh, it was kind of like an all-around effort for the San Antonio Spurs. The Clippers did get four guys in double figures led by Amir Coffee, who had 20. Uh, he's been fantastic in the last, uh, I would say, maybe five games for them. He's really been a guy that uh, I really don't know where they would be without Amir Coffey at this moment. So um, Amir Coffey has definitely been big for them. And the Clippers, again, they really needed this game, in my opinion. Uh, they didn't get it. It's not the end of the world. It would have just helped for tie-breaking purposes down the line. Um, but this, this loss to the Spurs which drops the Clippers to a 2-3 and three record over the last five games. And I just want to look at the shooting over the last five games for the Clippers. So, um, again, in those last five, they have losses to the Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans, and San Antonio Spurs, while they've beaten the Atlanta Hawks uh, and Denver Nuggets. That Atlanta win was on Sunday, January 9th. It was a 106-93 win. Amir Coffey had 21 points, a team-high 21 points that game. Uh, and then Amir Coffey also had a team high against the Denver Nuggets, 18 points. So uh, just in the last five games, Amir Coffey uh, has played 156 minutes. That leads all players on the Clippers. Uh, he shot 53% from the field and 48% from three, which is, which is obviously fantastic. But uh, you start going down the line and see where you know why the Clippers are struggling. Uh, Reggie Jackson. We'll start with him. Uh, he's shooting just 29% over the last five games for the Clippers, 7 of 28 from 3. So that's 25% there. Well, so 29 from the field, 25% from 3. Uh, simply not going to cut it from the, the lead guard that you need to get about 18 points from. Uh, that's been a struggle for him. You know, you look at uh, Marcus Morris, for example, another guy that's really struggled over the last five shooting 37% from the field and 33% from three. The 33% from three isn't that bad. Uh, but it, it's, you know, for a guy who operates in the mid to high post uh, and the Clippers kind of play out of him, 37% just isn't getting it done. And they really need to see improvement there. Um, but Terrence Mann has played the second highest minutes behind Amir Coffey in this last five-game stretch. He's shot just 40% from the field and 21% from three, just three of 14. Uh, t- Terrence is a guy who, you know, I think most – People watch him and say, let it rip, fire away, shoot the three ball. And he's been very hesitant at times to, to, for whatever reason. Maybe he thinks there's a there's a better play to be had, whether it's driving or kicking out to other guys or, you know, pumping, pump faking the three. But uh, the Clippers really need Terrence Mann to be confident shooting from three. Like I said, just 21% over his last five games. And that's something that really needs to improve. Um, I think that'll come with time. I think these guys probably just need to, you know, get used to some of the lineups that Tyler is running out there with them. Um, Nico Batum shooting 42%, 43% from the field, 35% from three. So that's pretty decent. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, while he has been good at pushing the pace, uh, creating for other guys, um, you know, shooting 38% over the last five games and just 16% from three. Now he's shooting 16% from three on just 12 attempts. So it's not like he's really killing it. It's about two attempts per game. It's not really that bad over the course of uh you know a five-game stretch, but you definitely would like to see a bit more from him there. Uh Brandon Boston, also a guy who struggled, played 101 minutes for the Clippers in the last five games, 32 minutes 32% shooting from the field, 16% from three. Uh, just not gonna get it done. Just, just really not gonna get it done. So the Clippers need their top guys or top scorers, mainly Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris, to really just uh lock in here and 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 you know, maybe. Find, find fresher legs somehow, uh, but they really need them to find start scoring the ball because um, they they will not be able to um, endure what's coming in the next couple days if they continue to shoot this badly. Uh, so let, let's just jump in and talk about what they have coming up right now. Um, they face the Indiana Pacers, like I said, on Monday. Um, they will then embark on an eight-game road trip uh, starting Wednesday, January 19th against the Denver Nuggets uh this road trip will be at denver at philadelphia 76ers at the new york knicks at washington at orlando that washington orlando is a back-to-back then they go at miami then they go at charlotte and at indiana that is a back-to-back as well the charlotte indiana back-to-back uh before they return home on february 3rd to face the los angeles lakers which is technically a home game for them Um, so this trip will take them to most of the east coast teams uh, they get, they get Denver out of the way as well. Um, but th- this road trip will be, will be, I don't want to say it makes or breaks the Clippers season because they do have a lot of guys out, but, uh, we could see some free fall in the standings if they're not able to string together a few wins here. Um, you know, I'm looking at, uh, possibly Indiana who's had guys out and they've been inconsistent. I'm looking at Orlando who's kind of playing their young guys. Uh, I'm looking at Washington a bit. Who's, who's kind of been really good at times and then just really struggling. Um, you Bradley Beal's been dealing with COVID of late, so there, that's kind of a up in the air status. Uh, Denver. Uh, again, Nicole Jokic has been playing fantastic for them. Uh, but they're missing Jamal Murray and Nicole and uh and Michael Porter Jr. So, kind of remains to be seen what 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 kind of team you know they they come out and they beat the Lakers by 40 and then lose to the Jazz the next night at home. So, kind of unclear what you're getting from them on a night to night basis. Uh, Philadelphia has been playing very well. Joel Embiid. Uh, has been on a 30-game streak that ended, I believe, Friday night, but he started one again Saturday night, so it's not like he's uh, struggling by any means, Uh, and again, the Clippers do struggle guarding some big men, so there's a chance Joel Embiid, there's a good chance Joel Embiid will will light them up, Uh, I guess it's just a matter of how they contain the other guys there, Um, New York with Julius Randle is is, is a big game, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett's playing uh, better of late, Uh, Evan Fournier has found his stroke a bit, so um, definitely some guys that, that can create problems for you there. Um, Miami, M- Miami is set to get Bam Adebayo back, uh, I believe, this week from his hand surgery. Uh, they'll probably be limiting him, but he might be up to full speed with about 11 days from when he's expected to return to when the Clippers play him on January 28th. Uh, Charlotte and lamello Ball. The Clippers beat them here in Los Angeles. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, the 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 Hornets did put up a fight, but the Clippers were able to to knock that one out of them and win. Um, but it is it is a Charlotte back to back, Indiana back to back, so uh, something to watch there as as kind of the Clippers try to manage minutes. They've been they've been limiting Amir Coffey's minutes. So they've been limiting Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson and uh, Nico Batum. So um, really, it is a struggle to kind of see how they string together wins over the next uh, two weeks while they go on this road trip. Uh, Paul George is set to be reevaluated His three-week m- mark from the reevaluation date it was uh, this past Sunday, the 16th. Um, now the Clippers did say he'll be reevaluated in three to four weeks, so it remains to be seen exactly when they evaluate him and what the results of those reevaluations show. Uh, I'm sure that one, national, you know, some national newsbreaker is going to have it for us in the next couple of days. Um, you know, the Clippers are kind of, um, you know. PG missed a couple of games earlier in the season to, to rest that elbow, came back, played two games and, and, you know, once, once they could not do the MRI, they saw that he had a torn UCL in the right elbow. So uh, he was struggling to dribble and shoot at times when he first suffered the injury. So definitely, definitely concerning as far as a rest of season outlook. But I think that when you look at PG, uh, it's not something that, you know, the, this, it sounds like it's not expected to be season ending. Uh, as of right now, I think the team has a little confidence that he'll be back at some point this year. So um, we'll kind of see what goes on with with that reevaluation. Uh, there hasn't really been anything on Kawhi Leonard um, over the last couple of days or weeks. Uh, we, we did see that uh, Chris Haynes report about you know him being ahead of schedule and aggressively pursuing a return this season. Uh, the Clippers are in the thick of things for the play-in tournament right now. As we as it stands, they are the eighth seed. Uh, with a 21 and 23 record, so we'll see how they kind of uh, how things play out over the next couple weeks, and maybe that affects Kawhi Leonard's return, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But if they're in the thick of things for the playing tournament, they might be the best playing team uh, possibly ever. So definitely something to watch there. I will say, uh, good news on the injury front is that Luke Kennard and Justice Winslow have both come out of health and safety protocols. Uh, Luke Kennard was in health and safety protocols for I believe 16 days, 15 days. Uh, and he missed eight consecutive games with that um, in health and safety protocol. So uh, good to see that he's been he's he's able to get out of that. He's he's probably going to have to ramp up because he was away from the team uh, for so long, away from the basketball court for so long. Uh, same goes for Justice Winslow, but probably not as drastically. Um, you know they'll be in return to competition conditioning. That's the injury status over the next couple of days, and we'll see when they can return. But uh, they they will definitely be a welcome addition back to the team. Um, as far as the road trip that's coming up, um, you know Denver, Philadelphia, New York, Washington, Orlando, Miami, Charlotte, Indiana. Um, tough to tough to see, tough to see more than maybe three wins there. Uh, like I said, and, and maybe Orlando, Charlotte, maybe Indiana there, uh, because these are a lot of teams that are fighting for playoff lives, and uh, teams seem to be getting healthy at the right time uh, when they face the Clippers. So uh, my guess is the Clippers go three and five on this upcoming road trip. Uh, they probably beat Orlando. They probably beat Charlotte. And they probably beat Indiana, in my opinion. Now, um, you know, things have changed drastically with COVID protocols and injuries and all that stuff. But my prediction is a three and five record over the next uh, two game two week road trip for the Clippers. Um, that is really all we have for this week. I did release uh, a pretty good. Well, if I do say so myself, a pretty good. Lou Williams article, uh, I, I got to speak to Lou Williams for the first time since he got traded uh, from Los Angeles last year. Uh, we talked for about 10 minutes after the Hawks game, and he gave me some, you know, some good insight on, on what he was thinking, what he was feeling when, when the Clippers traded him last trade deadline. And uh, so if you guys want, if you, I, I highly recommend you guys check that out. I've got a lot of good feedback from everyone on this, but if you haven't checked it out, I, re- I would recommend that you guys check it out, please. Um, you know, follow the podcast we'll be, we'll be doing this weekly moving forward so uh, definitely excited to have you guys aboard for this I'll have some more guests moving forward I did want to have a you know try this solo pod out but I think it went well I don't know maybe I was rambling on for a bit but I feel like it went well and um, yeah just, just keep tuning in keep subscribing uh, you know if you have any questions comments, concerns shoot them shoot them at me on Twitter you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to respond to you guys as much as I can it's always fun engaging with fans and uh, yeah, that, that's all I got for you guys this week. I hope you guys have a happy and healthy uh, week. Stay safe, mask up. Uh, still Sandy, I know we haven't said that as much, but, but Sandy up, uh, make sure you're good. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. So thank you guys for joining. Peace.